in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we read in Matthew's Gospel that Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And he says, I'm sending you out like sheep surrounded by wolves, so be shrewd and innocent. Today we proclaim the good news that God is present and at work in our world. You may have heard us say this before. (laughs) God is present and at work in our world. He's given us the gift of prayer to open us up to his compassion and authority to participate in the healing, justice, and deliverance in the world. I have a confession to make. Uh, It's hard for me to pray right now. It's been difficult maybe for the uh, duration of COVID-19 quarantine because of rhythms uh, being askew, I didn't realize how much I benefited from and traded on my kids leaving the house every day for extended periods of time. Now they never go anywhere, and neither do we. And that has made, uh, that has made, that has exposed, I think, what was maybe, um, just an unsustainable habit or pattern for uh, having people always in my house. <clears throat> but it's, um, it's hard as well because um, I'm feeling increased amounts of anxiety and um, sadness and frustration about the escalation of violence and hatred uh, in our world. I don't know if anybody can relate to this, if you noticed this happening. Um, I either avoid prayer because I have other stuff to do, or I I find that my mind is racing and I can't actually quiet down, or I'm just too discouraged or tired. Don't know if anybody is experiencing this as well. And sometimes when I do pray, uh, you know, I muster uh, all the intestinal fortitude that I have on reserve, and I bring myself to pray. I find that I leave prayer more anxious than I entered it. That prayer actually has just been me fretting or worrying. I just want to make things happen. I want to go do something. I want to avoid thinking about things. Today in our scripture reading, Jesus reveals what prayer is for. What prayer is for. Jesus tells uh, his followers to pray for God to send people. But this isn't <clears throat> this isn't a pious sounding but uh, ineffective thoughts and prayers. He's not saying, see all these people that are injured, think about them and pray for them um, and go about your day. Nor is he firing people up to go change the world with good ideas and elbow grease. Rather, this call to prayer that Jesus issues here in Matthew 9 is the invitation to experience the life of God. Today, we proclaim the good news that God is present and at work in our world. He's given us prayer 
as a gift to open us up to his compassion and authority to participate in the healing and justice and deliverance of our world. So two points, friends, two points. I know it's hard to listen on Zoom. (laughs) I know it's hard. It's hard for me to listen on Zoom. Two brief points. Prayer enables participation. That's the first point. And we second point is we participate in the same posture as our prayer. Prayer enables participation. We participate in the same posture as our prayer. I was a young man, um, younger man. <laughs> um, and I was uh, helping lead a catechesis class for uh, baptis- baptismal candidates. And the guy I was co-pastoring with, <clears throat> we were going through the list of things, and one of them was the Lord's Prayer. And, and, I, and I was looking through this list of things that the baptismal candidates had to do, and I was describing they have to be able to uh, recite the creed, <clears throat> they have to memorize the Lord's Prayer, and he, he leans into me. If I ever lean in on Zoom, it's probably me mimicking this guy's mannerisms. He leans into me and he goes, not, not, not memorize it. Submit to it. I was like, what? What do you mean? He goes, no, no, no. You, don't have, you don't just memorize the Lord's Prayer. You submit yourself to it. I was probably 33. And I had no idea what he meant. But I think our text today gives a picture of what he was describing. Jesus, we see him in verse 35 of of chapter 9, enacting kingdom justice. He's teaching. He's announcing. He's healing everything. His heart is open to those who are suffering. We're told when, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He is moved with compassion. And then he looks at his friends and says, there's plenty of harvest to be had, but not many workers. Pray, pray that the master of the harvest would send out more workers. And then the next verse, he's commissioning to send them out. So friends, I want to suggest, or maybe even contend today, that prayer isn't Uh, begging God to do something he doesn't want to do. Prayer isn't the way we try to control God. Prayer uh, does change us, but it does more than that. Prayer is opening our interior life to God. It's the communing and a commingling with a God of love. To To be moved by compassion as Jesus was, we have to be filled with compassion. Prayer is opening. It's a gift of opening to God. Or as my friend would say, submitting to God. This prayer then uh, isn't a replacement for action. It's a preparation for action. Prayer helps us see people with compassion. Helps us see 
the people as sheep that are helpless. Notice sheep are mentioned three times in the text we read. The first is Jesus saw these people as helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The second is when uh, Jesus says in verse 6 of chapter 10, go, I'm sending you to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. There's this seeing people as helpless, vulnerable, hurting, uh, woolly. I'm not, probably not woolly, but you know, like there's, <laughs> they're seeing people as sheep. But notice later, notice later, Jesus says in verse 16 of 10, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Don't miss this. Without compassion, we will see others as wolves. With compassion, we can see wolves as those who are helpless. Those who are helpless, harassed and helpless. Prayer helps us see people with compassion. Prayer helps us see compassionately even if they threaten and oppose us, and they will. Being opened up to God lets us not regard anyone from a worldly perspective. But to, see, <laughs> to see everyone with the eyes of Christ. That wasn't the dog, that was wind. <laughs> Today, we proclaim the good news. That God is present at work in our world. He's given us the gift of prayer to Open us up to his compassion and authority to participate in the healing, justice, and deliverance of our world. So the first is prayer enables participation. Second, we participate with the same posture as our prayer. Notice as Jesus describes how his followers are going to go into mission, it is this, it is this prayerful posture, humble, open, receptive, like sheep, not powering up, but being vulnerable, standing against the darkness and the opposition to God's kingdom, looking for people who will receive us and extend us hospitality. And when somebody doesn't receive us, when, uh, when the haters are going to hate, 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 we shake the dust off our feet. We, uh, that's, a, that's a Jewish um, uh, custom. That just means if you won't receive me, I won't even receive the dust of your town from you. It is a, this is what you want, so be it. I won't take anything from you. Some will try to derail or dispose of us. This is all verses 17 and 18. Sometimes, sometimes participating in God's mission will divide our very families, Jesus says. This is why we need this posture formed in prayer, to not return hate for hate, but uh, not, not return violence for violence. Hating the haters won't change the world. <laughs> I understand why, why we would hate the haters. I get it. I do. Lord, help me. But hating the haters won't change the world. It just gives the haters the world they want. But that's not the kingdom of God, friends. 
Today we proclaim the good news, that God is present and at work in our world. He's given us the gift of prayer to open us up to his compassion, but it doesn't stop there. It goes all the way into a commission with his authority to participate in the healing and justice and deliverance of our world. So what do we do with this? How do we, what do we do? Well, friends, I, I feel like um, our world is in need of people who are open to God and willing to be vulnerable enough to reach lost sheep. There's a longer conversation to have here about how uh, two, not not every and not all, and maybe I'm not even I'm not going to quantify it, but a but a significant amount of Christian missions has not followed this pattern Jesus lays out here. It's been it's been colonial. It's been um, used coercive force. It's created doctrines and ideas meant to lord it over people. And that lives in us, that lives in our collective Christian memory, in our impulses, it lives in our culture. And so Ben and I have been very cautious to rally the troops for some mission at our church. Missions happening in beautiful places. There's, uh, there's been great engagements, sort of small grassroots thing. But in terms of a large scale, hey, this is the hill, we're going to take it. Let's, let's do X, Y, and Z. Um, I think that uh, because of the need for this prayerful posture as we participate, it's been really tricky and really hard. But uh, just a few things about this. We've been talking about race and racism because uh, Black people keep dying. Um, and it's only been happening for 400 years. And so <laughs> we've been talking about this because... Um, It's important for white Christians to take this seriously. Uh, but I just want to say, I, I don't necessarily trust my imagination for how to take it seriously. I don't know what it means to be an anti-racist. I've never been one before. <laughs> I've always not liked racism, but I don't know how to actually engage uh, in a way that um, comports with Christ and benefits people who are hurting and oppressed, like troubled and helpless sheep. So what does that look like? How do we do that as a church? We need to discern that. We need to talk about it. We need to make space for people in different places. Some of you, um, I mean, Ben and I have been talking about racism since we started this church, but it's been ramped up the last several weeks. Some of you are like, finally, I'm so glad they're talking about this. And some of you are probably like, this is getting off the rails wacky. Uh, I don't and I don't agree. And I just want to speak out over us all. Like there's permission for all of us to be in a place of questions and discernment. That's something we've um, built our church on. And there's plenty of permission and room for that. 
but we have big questions in front of us. How do we not just get outraged? How do we not just donate 20 bucks to a black college fund? How do we not just uh, send out a Facebook message or a tweet? How do we not just um, feel bad about this? How do we not just give thoughts and prayers? But how do we actually pray as an openness to God and allow that compassion and authority to move us into mission not a, not in a way of like, okay, now the white people are involved. We're going to take care of this and fix this. Here's what we're going to do. Not in a colonial way, but in a, in, in a, in a seeking hospitality way. Weak, vulnerable, dependent. This takes discernment and wisdom. So I think Ben and I would like to convene some conversations about this, where we can own our kairoses and the things that are troubling for us or questions or new convictions we have or things that are making us angry or hopeful. Uh, this is how Ben and I um, have decided to lead because we uh, don't know another way to take uh, the spirit who indwells all of us seriously and be the church together. But um, I think part of our direction and, and, and reaction or action for how to participate in God's mission in this present moment will arrive or derive from these conversations. Because uh, God dwelling in you is God dwelling with us, and he speaks in and through his church. And that's, I think, a preferable way for us to lead than Ben going into the bathroom and spending two weeks in there and coming out and delivering some sort of missional plan. Um, plus he's got other people in his house who need to use the bathroom. But this isn't the only justice we need to participate in, right? So it's a present crucial part of what's happening in our culture. There's a moment. Uh, there is, this is a cultural moment, friends. I don't know if you're feeling this. Statues are being pulled down. Uh, I, I have friends texting me that they're talking to their old parents about racism and their and their old parents who never ever said they were racist before or owning that it's this is crazy I, I don't know i don't know what to make of it other than uh there's a moment for us to open ourselves to god to gain his compassionate heart as we commingle with him receive his authority and commission to move with that posture of prayer as we participate in a decolonized vulnerable dependent, hospitality-seeking mission. That's the good news today. That's how God's present at work among us. That's what prayer's for. And that's the mission he's calling us into. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.